0: Welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Soldago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about bitters, herbs that are bitter, digestive bitters, how we work with them, how we make them, and a bit of their history. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. The wheel of the year continues to turn. It is the fall equinox. Equal day and night, and from here on out, the nights are getting longer than the days. Oh boy, here we go. Down into the depths, down into the darkness. It makes a great time for harvesting our roots as the plants also retreat down into the depths of the soil and down into the darkness of the season. A lot of people consider today or the fall equinox to be the start of fall and the end of summer, but really in the solar calendar and the earth-based year of the wheel, this is the midpoint of the fall. Of the autumn. It's the height of autumn. It's the height of the harvest time. It's the harvest it now while you still can time of the year because soon winter will be here. The leaves are beginning to change color and soon they will be falling from the trees. And we are approaching the new year in the sun calendar which is Samhain, or otherwise known today, currently, modern day as Halloween. And that in the solar calendar starts the year again, All Souls Day, begins a new year. So hang on to your hats and let's dive deep into the root season, which is why I want to start talking about digestive bitters, because... We will be getting into some really fun root herbs as the podcast continues, and digestive bitters is a great place where all of these root herbs can be really beneficial. Digestive bitters, basically herbs that taste bitter and that benefit a lot of different aspects of our body. Um, most notably, they improve our whole digestive process, and they also help our function, t- our liver to function optimally. There are lots of herbs that have bitter flavors and lots of varying degrees of herbal bitters. So at first I'm gonna talk about um, the role of bitters in our evolution. And I also will talk about some of my bitter herbs and how you can work with them and make digestive bitters, how they benefit our health and our body, and then a little bit of history of how they came into popular use in cocktails. So I wanna start with the role of bitters in our evolution. Like, why do they work? And if we want to think about wild plants and when humans were completely dependent on eating wild plants and animals for um, our livelihoods, for our life, for sustenance, there are a lot of wild plants that actually use chemicals, constituents that are bitter tasting to protect themselves. And these constituents are going to deter animals from eating the plant. Um, And they are, uh, to varying degrees, uh, poisonous to animals and mostly to insects. So depending on your size and the ability of your body to process these bitter constituents. Pretty much, I believe, from my understanding, just about every poisonous constituent is bitter in taste, but that doesn't mean that everything that is bitter is poisonous, but it is a warning sign to our bodies. So how poisonous a bitter plant is depends on the creature who is eating it. Our digestive system and our liver are designed to break down and eliminate poisons with minimal damage to our body, so that we can gain the nutrients and the other constituents and medicinal properties of plants. The liver, from my understanding, basically is part of our evolutionary process of how mammals, animals, Um, evolved so that we could gain nutrients from plants. And our liver is designed to um, metabolize and eliminate these poisons from plants. So the liver essentially was born out of the necessity to Protect us from pois- poisons in the world. And again, okay, our liver has about 500 different functions, so this is not the only function of it, but it is a necessity of the liver, and therefore the liver needs bitter constituents to function optimally because that's what it has been evolved and needs to work and how it's been evolved to. Function. A healthy liver is important to healthy digestion as well, because it basically helps or it does produce bile that is then stored in our gallbladder that is then released into our small intestine to break down fats. Um, And also, I am sure that there are lots of other aspects that the liver plays into our whole digestive process as well. But that's one of the main ones so the bitter taste basically triggers our body's whole digestive process it's it's the signal that our body has evolved to learn how to eat so when we were living in the wild most of our foods had most of our plant foods had a at least some aspect of bitter to them. And then that then told our body, okay, it's time to get ready. We might have some poisons that we have to deal with. So we better be on top of the ball and ready to break down, metabolize it and get rid of those poisons as quickly as possible so that we can get the other benefits from our food. So, just the taste of bitter on the tongue, you know, triggers, uh, saliva in our mouth. It triggers digestive enzymes to be released. It gets the stomach acid going. It affects the different closures that are in between the esophagus and the stomach and the stomach and the intestines. And so a lot of times, like if we were to have acid reflux, It could be that that protective closure that's in between the esophagus and the stomach isn't closing tightly enough. And it can allow some of that stomach acid to come back up into the esophagus. And so the taste of bitter and the function of some bitter herbs is actually to tighten that seal, that closure, so that we don't get that acid reflux as much. Another example of um, reasons why we might have acid reflux is from not having enough stomach acid, ironically enough, in our stomach. And then the food that we eat that goes into our stomach doesn't get fully broken down in a quick way because we don't have enough HCL, stomach acid, to break it down so then it begins to kind of ferment and rot and cause gas and bubbling in the stomach and what little stomach acid there is in there then can be affected by this gas and bubbling and kind of bubble up and into our esophagus so the more stomach acid we have the better breaking down of the food we have and the less chance that it has to actually ferment in our stomach. There is some stomachs, there is some acid reflux that can be caused by an overproduction of stomach acid, but I would say that is the least common reason why people have what's known as GERD. So we actually have a range of bitter receptors on our tongue and also in other areas of our body. So there's some in our lungs and some in our intestines. And so this bitter constituents of plants can not only affect our taste buds and how we react to the plant, but those chemicals can then also bind to other receptor sites in other parts of our body and affect those parts of our body as well. So and the fact that our body has so many different receptor sites in it that um, bind with bitter constituents is interesting and a sign that it's really important to our body to know and understand and be able to recognize these constituents because so many of them could be harmful to us, um, especially in large amounts. But then a lot of them are also healthful to us, especially in smaller amounts. So bitters are not necessarily need to be taken in large amounts, like a little bit will do it. Even just the taste of bitter on your tongue, even just like one drop of dandelion root tincture to get that bitter flavor can really have dramatic effects on our health because it's more of what it, how the response that it triggers our body to have than actually like an onslaught of chemistry into our body. And we know, you know, I, I am going to be using the term poison pretty loosely in the discussion today. And I do so in a lot of herbal discussions, because I think when we think of poison, we think, okay, it's like something that's going to kill you. But as we know, like, not all poisons kill you, and a lot of poisons can actually have a medicinal effect on the body. And in fact, when we start talking about pharmaceuticals, every pharmaceutical drug is a poison. They have to, before they are allowed to be put on the market, they have to prove what their LD50 is, and that stands for a lethal dose at 50% of the population, whether it's a population of mice, and then they extract it out to what it would be for humans. But you have to, they have to find where that point, like how much of this drug or pharmaceutical or chemical constituent would one have to consume before it has a 50% chance of dying (laughs) from it. So, and that's how they find the healthy and safe doses of drugs. So it's a lot of the medicinal plants, and not nourishing plants as much, not the food-like plants, not the plants that we have as nourishing herbal infusions, but the more serious medicinal plants that are going to be having more drastic effects on our body are going to tend to be uh, slightly more poisonous. And those are the plants that you take in very small doses. I guess an example of that would be poke root, where you're taking it in single drop doses to start and then finding your happy dose but it's going to be a very small dose because in really large amounts um, it can really cause damage to your body however nettle chickweed you know plants that are very food-like and they aren't necessarily bitter in taste either um, are going to not be considered poisonous at least internally i mean i guess nettle could be considered poisonous externally if it causes that sting reaction so our digestion is awakened to its full potential with the bitter taste because it is put on alert and it's it's being told that now you have to really Be ready to digest and be ready to protect the body just in case if we ate something that we shouldn't have eaten. We are able to connect with our ancestral diets through bitter foods and also connect with how our body is meant to function based on how we have evolved, based on the food that we have eaten for thousands and thousands of years all up until the past very short amount of time since the agricultural revolution. Since then, we have really changed our diet into very sweet and starchy foods and very mild tasting foods. So as we have continued to hybridize and cultivate our food, the food has gotten sweeter and starchier. Processing food processed food also makes it a lot more sweet and also devoid of minerals and other phytonutrients. Throughout this podcast, I've talked a lot about alterative herbs. And from my understanding of the word alterative, it basically means that we alter our body toward a better functioning and better health. With herbs that improve our digestion, our liver functions, our metabolism, and our um, often our lymph functions, and a lot of alterative herbs have a bitter constituent to them now, I will say even as bitter compounds have been removed from the main portions of our meals and from the main plants that we use in agriculture. Humans still incorporate bitter salads and bitter drinks like cordials, digestifs and aperitifs into meals, enhancing our ability to digest and assimilate food. And yes, this is not as common in America, although it is becoming more common. I think that I think of like Italians and French and um, definitely people in many other countries around the world that that still have maintained bitter traditional foods into their culture and diet and that it is maintained and that it is important aspect of their diet culture. Americans, you know, we are... <laughs> Our diet culture is a little wacko, um, although I think we are reeling it in. But we do see a lot of on dive, radicchio, chicory, um, you know, your bitter green salad mixes that are now on the store shelves in the common grocery stores and bitter. Cordials and bitters in bars and fancy mixology in cocktails are, have become very popular as well. So we are, bitters are making a comeback for sure in American culture. Digestive bitters can be used to prevent or stop digestive upsets, including acid reflux, also known as heartburn, Bloating, gas, intestinal cramping, feelings of being overfull, um, sugar and fat cravings and slow metabolism. So that unto itself would really help to would really help a lot of baseline health concerns, I think. Bitters also enhance the liver's ability to flush inflammatory compounds and irritating substances from our bodies, especially if it's used as a daily habit. So we know that inflammation is past must be the number one cause of chronic illness and condition health conditions in the United States. And any way that we can help to reduce inflammation in our body is going to be beneficial for a large range of health complaints. Bitters can help us achieve a healthy weight, effective digestion, optimal liver functioning, and a reduction of inflammation. So you really can't go wrong unless you really detest the bitter taste. But then for people who really can't handle bitter, you just start with something that's mildly bitter. And eventually you will be able to enjoy things that are a little bit more bitter. You'll find that a lot of, and we'll get into this a little bit when we talk about cocktail bitters, but a lot of bitters have also a sweet component, uh, you know, bitter formulas have a sweet component added to them to make them a little bit more palatable but you're still getting that bitter taste. Bitters are commonly administered in a small amount of an alcohol extract known as a tincture. And often a sweetener can be added. And therefore, in my mind, that tincture becomes an elixir or maybe an aperitif or a digestif. Bitter herbs can also be administered in herbal pastilles, which are, um, little candies or like hard candies or something that you would suck on Um, or bitter green salads in bitter teas or decoctions. If you're making a tea out of a, you know, something tough like a root, which are often quite bitter and also in cocktails. There is a great uh, relatively new book out there called DIY Bitters. And it is by Guido Mase and Jovial King, the founders of the brand uh, Urban Moonshine, which makes bitter digest bitters, among other things. Um, So it's called DIY Bitters, Reviving the Forgotten Flavor, a Guide to Making Your Own Bitters for Bartenders, Cocktail Enthusiasts, and Herbalists. And I know that that I've heard them say, or at least Guido Mase say, that they kind of created this book as an alluring aspect. Like they're kind of hoping to bring more people to the herbs and to herbalism through the now trending cocktail bitter movement and the mixology movement. Because really traditionally a lot of cocktails and definitely bitters that were added to cocktails um, stemmed from were medicinal and some of them were of course considered cure-alls probably by the people who were selling and promoting them at the time but I wanted to read a little bit from this book and I highly recommend checking out this book it has a great materia medica a lot of fun um, recipes and recipe ideas and a really nice um, introduction just a, basically about the taste of herbs, um, why bitters are important, chemical constituents of plants and how to best extract them, how to make tinctures and other things. So it's a fun book and in it they are talking about the bitter taste receptors and they say they are by far the most complex and sensitive relying on instructions from more than 30 genes to determine their shape, whereas other receptors use only three or four genes. Other taste receptors, I think that they mean there. They are able to discriminate among a wide range of substances with a high degree of sensitivity, up to 0.1 parts per million for gentian, a bitter molecule from gentian, the plant gentian when triggered these receptors elicit aversion a protective reflex that comes from the fact that most poisonous plants and other substances such as the secretions of disease causing bacteria taste quite bitter now that's interesting substances such as the secretions of disease causing bacteria taste quite bitter which would make sense why we would have bitter receptors in other parts of our body where maybe bacteria are. And so I would think that then that would trigger an immune response as well, potentially. Okay, that's not what was written. But now, back to quoting the book. Bitterness causes us to consume less. It gets juices flowing throughout the mouth and digestive system helping break down and detoxify whatever is eaten. This is the main reason bitters are recommended so often to settle an upset stomach. They improve digestion and metabolism because incompletely digested food is the primary source of bloating, cramping, and intestinal discomfort. So, when you suggest a dash of bitters for indigestion, there's good science to back it up. But stimulating bitter taste receptors goes much further. And here, this is Bridget talking, I would not say stimulating bitter taste receptors, but maybe uh, triggering or catalyzing the bitter taste receptors. Now back to quoting the book. The liver, our major detoxification organ, gets cues from the tongue that cause it to bump up its metabolic activity, increase its production and secretion of bile, and eliminate more waste products from the bloodstream. This is one major reason herbalists have always recommended bitters for conditions such as acne and skin inflammation, allergies and asthma, chronic headaches, pain, and fatigue. All can be symptoms of a sluggish liver and waste backup. And I think that what they mean is metabolic waste backup. Stimulating our bitter taste receptors on a daily basis keeps everything humming along, helps regulate appetite, and balances the high availability of sweet, salty, fatty, and umami tastes. So if that hasn't convinced you to get into bitters, I don't know what will. But now I'd like to talk a bit about herbs that are great to make digestive bitters with now I will say that and maybe you know me by now that I'm not necessarily big into herbal blends I personally really like to work with herbs as simples especially as I'm first getting to know them but I do enjoy a blended tea for fun every once in a while maybe not necessarily for medicine because I really want to work with individual herbs Maybe all in one day I'll work with individual herbs, but I really just like that intimacy of working with one herb at a time and the familiarity that forms and the ability then to pass on the information helping to keep herbal medicine as people's medicine where we can really share more useful information with each other as we really get to know one herb at a time and how it is affecting our body. However, I will say that like digestive bitters is a place that it can be fun to play around with just as like recipes for food um, are fun to play around with. Like I don't always only just want to eat plain carrots. Um, I kind of like to mix up my food a little bit. So it is nice to play around with bitter formulas and then adding them to different Um, cocktails is fun too, or to give them as gifts or just as a fun thing. It's also really fun to make a variety of simple tinctures, which is one herb at a time that you would then be able to blend into a bitters blend. So you would have individual tinctures that you've made, and then you can work with individually. And then if you want to play around or make yourself a cocktail or a mocktail or a, before or after dinner, treat or a beverage. Then you can blend them for fun and flavor. We'll get into the herbs for making some of the best bitter blends in just a moment. Stick with me and I'll be right back. <laughs> So bitters, digestive bitters as a remedy um, or as a, to be added to cocktails and mocktails have a standard kind of recipe or blend to them. So often there's obviously you start with something that has a bitter taste to it. And I often, those are going to be roots or like very bitter um, herbal green greenery. And then an aroma- something that's aromatic is going to be added to it. So like a seed, um, like you think maybe fennel seed or mint or like a citrus zest. And these aromatics, so things that have really nice volatile oils to them, are also very beneficial for easing spasms in the intestines or fighting some sort of an infection or relieving indigestion unto themselves, like a nice fennel seed tea is really helpful if you have like a lot of painful gas or bloating or, um, what have you in your digestion. And then, so you have a something bitter, something aromatic, and then often a sweet component is added as well, just to make it more, a little more palatable and to cut that bitter flavor. So something like a little bit of honey or even an herbal infused honey could be nice. Or a little bit of fruit could be added as well. Or some people might add licorice root, which kind of has some bitter to it, but has a lot of sweet to it. Or some other um, sweet herb. Maybe some people would add stevia. I personally am not a fan of either licorice or stevia. They, those two flavors are just way too sweet for me. So that's your standard formula: something bitter, something aromatic, and something sweet. So bitter roots that I really like. And while well, as I go through these, I so I did a um, I had a really fun workshop a couple falls ago, pre-COVID and we got together and I set out this beautiful buffet of ingredients that you could make bitters with. So I had a variety of roots that I had harvested. I had a variety of aromatic seeds. I had a variety of fruits and citruses. Um, I had some berries, you know, just things that, and fall, is a great time to do it. Cause there's a lot, it's a good time to harvest roots. It's a good time to harvest bitter greens. It's a good time to harvest um, berries. It's just, it's kind of like a cornucopia of wild foods that make great bitter digestives. And then, you know, if you make them in the fall, then they could be ready for the holiday season to give as gifts Just a thought. So as I go through uh, some of my favorite herbs to make digestive bitters with, um, maybe you could think about what sounds good to you or if you wanted to get a couple friends together and have a bitter bar where people get together and make their own bitters together or try different bitter herbs for fun. Yeah, it's a great way to commune with friends and also create some healthful things for each other. Okay, so number one, I would say like the number one most popular bitter herb uh, is dandelion. Let's hear it for dandy. Dandelion. Uh, The root, the leaves, even the flower, even the stem, the stem that leads to the flower all parts could be considered a digestive bitter dandelion um, actually is one of these plants that you can harvest the root at any time of the year as long as the ground is thawed a lot of herbs and wild plants that you're going to be harvesting the root of you harvest it once all the plant the aerial parts of the plant are really starting to die back or maybe even after the first light frost because you really want the life force and the the energy and all of the plant constituents and to be back down into the ground and into that root um, in wait for the next year the next growing season I should say but dandelion is just and so a lot of other roots will kind of shrink up in the summer and all they just give it all to the aerial parts of the plant. But the dandelion it's a perennial. The the root definitely changes throughout the season. And it might actually be more bitter in the middle of the summer than in the fall or the spring because in the fall and the spring it's going to have a lot more inulin and it's going to have a lot more sugary starches that it is storing um, as food for itself through the winter to maintain and then to regrow in the spring. Okay, so dandelion is an excellent liver tonic. It's a blood tonic. It's a diuretic. It enhances our digestion. It's really known to be helpful um, against acid reflux. The inulin in the root helps to feed our microbiome in our gut. So lots of benefits. And I, so another reason why I decided to do this, um, podcast on bitters is because we are getting into that season right before it's time to dig roots. And so as we get closer to root digging time and are in root digging time, I will be focusing on, you know, focusing on some herbs, many of the herbs that I'm going to be talking about, Briefly, in this talk um, in the future we'll really dive deep into some of these herbs. So I'm just going to do a quick overview so that when I say when we're talking about these individual herbs in future podcasts and I'm like, oh, this would be a great herb to make a digestive bitter with then you can always reference back to this podcast or you'll know what I'm talking about. and You'll already have, be ready and waiting for the time to harvest these roots. Okay, dandelion yellow dock, Rumex, I like Rumex crispus, which is the curly dock. And this I find to be very bitter. It's like way, way, way more bitter than dandelion root dandelion roots relatively tolerable some people even like to roast the dandelion root to make it a little less bitter and a little sweeter the yellow dock root very bitter uh, but it, in the something that I really like about it is that it increases the body's ability to absorb iron and to utilize the iron um, so it's excellent for people who are dealing with anemia plus it also has some iron in it although, You're really going to want to make like a syrup from the root or a decoction. It's so bitter that you'd want to add a sweetener. And that's why you do a syrup of the yellow dock root. If you want to actually get the iron from it, yellow dock tincture is not going to give you iron, but it will um, help you to utilize iron better and um, supposedly help the body to absorb it better as well. Yellow dock is also uh, an intestinal tonic, so it's excellent for people who have chronic constipation. It's not necessarily; a, it's definitely not a stimulant laxative, so it's not dangerous to use, and it's not addictive, and it can it's gentle enough that it can be used with both elders and baby or children alike, young children. Also, um, a tonic to the liver and entire digest digestive process so we have dandelion root yellow dock root and then burdock root and burdock root um it's a would be the sweetest of the three the dandelion the yellow dock the burdock the burdock actually makes a nice cooked vegetable definitely not as sweet as carrots but um palatable for sure and a lot starchier contains a lot of inulin burdock root does and is a wonderful tonic for the liver um, our digestion as well as our skin specifically it works very slowly but people who have kind of chronic skin issues uh, burdock can be a wonderful ally but you really have to be look looking to work with it for at least three months i think before you really see some benefit also, burdock's really known to be helpful for um, hormones, and I think that ties directly back to its benefit on our liver, which processes a lot of our hormones. Elecampane, um, which check back on a past episode, I highlighted elecampane when it was in bloom. Elecampane is a warming bitter. So it's very wonderful at easing gas and cramping, not only that, but it, in the intestines, but not only that, but it fights lung infections and also contains quite a bit of inulin to it. has a very, very unique and interesting flavor to it as well, to say the least. <laughs> um, and it's just a wonderful plant, definitely one of my favorites. And one elecant plain plant, pain plant produces a large amount of roots because it's such a large plant and especially if you wait until it gets older and then you can you all you have to do is harvest just an offshoot of the roots and you'll have plenty and you can just you don't have to kill the whole plant to harvest the root same with uh, all those dandelion yellow dock burdock they all have tap roots and if you leave a part of the root Even if it's accidentally in the ground while you're harvesting, it will regrow a whole nother plant. Much to the bane of many uh, homeowners who want immaculate yards and grassy lawns. Because as we know, dandelions, you know, you weed them out of your garden and they'll just pop right back literally within a couple days if you don't get that whole root out. Ginger. Uh, Maybe not necessarily super bitter, but a really nice addition to a bitter formula or a bitter blend, um, a bitter recipe. It's very, very warming, quite spicy. I think it has a bit of sweetness to it. And it's beneficial for digestion, especially if there's some nausea. Um, It's very antispasmodic and can increase circulation and kind of bring more blood flow to digestion as well. Barberry. And so this is a plant where all parts of the plant are very bitter. The root can be harvested. And this is actually a quite invasive uh, plant, non-native plant. I believe it's actually from Japan, Um, Japanese barberry is what I know it as anyway. So maybe it's from other places too, but it was um, popular as a landscape plant, even though it has a lot of sharp thorns, hence the name barberry has barbs on it, but it's beautiful um, foliage wise, little tiny leaves You can get dark red varieties or there's green varieties, but they turn a beautiful fall foliage, nice deep red, and they have little sweet, well, the berries aren't sweet to taste, but they're sweet, like delicate, beautiful little berries that the birds like. They are edible, you can chew them. They kind of have a seed on them, but they are fun to kind of um, grind up with a mortar and pestle and add the berries to your bitter blend. You can add the barberry stems and also the root. It has uh, berberine in it, it's a berberous genus, and which is similar to it, could be used instead of golden seal. Basically, it's a way more sustainable plant um, to work with as an antimicrobial, similar to golden seal, and like a something that would relieve some diarrhea because it's so tannic um, and astringent and it has this bright yellow bright bright yellow inner stem and inner root as well which is pretty cool so very bitter though okay so then we can move on to our bitter flowers and some bitter flowers actually chamomile is considered a bitter flower, and you really get that sense if you steep your chamomile tea bag a little too long, or if you are using bulk chamomile and you put a little too much in your teapot and let it steep for more than ten minutes, and it really can develop a kind of a bitter undertone. Chamomile is a mild sedative, also anti-spasmodic, um, which is great for cramping or gas. In the intestines. And it just kind of relaxes and calms the uh, overactive like, stomach and is very gentle, can be useful for children and elders as well. And it's super common, like you could probably go into any grocery store, almost any grocery store in the country and find some chamomile tea or any restaurant for that matter. They're going to have Chamomile tea bags, mint tea bags, and black tea, right? And probably like a red singer or an orange spice or something, which is interesting because you get the orange spice, so you have your citrus and your aromatic spices, but they're missing the bitter, (laughs) they're missing the bitter aspect there. Okay, lavender is actually quite bitter when in a tea blend, especially, or even in a tincture. Lavender, you know, it's in Herbes de Provence, like a, a really popular French herbal cooking blend. And lavender grows like wild all across the southern region of France or Provence in the Mediterranean as well. Lavender is very calming, similar to chamomile, antispasmodic. Um, it could be sedative. It could also be considered a stimulant. Um, it's quite, quite bitter. And so imagine like a lavender digestive bitter cordial or elixir or something could be really lovely. Like maybe a lavender and orange. And dandelion root or something could be fun to play around with. So those are some ideas of a couple bitter flowers. Not a lot of bitter flowers out there, but those two definitely qualify and are easy to find and would be great on your digestive bitter bar uh, buffet that you have with your friends. Okay, aromatic seeds. That would be really nice to add to your bitters blend would be fennel, coriander, anise, celery seed, parsley seed, carrot seed, even wild carrot seed, which you could harvest right now, as long as you properly identify, otherwise known as Queen Anne's Lace, Uh, cardamom. So all of these seeds, all of these aromatic seeds, many of which are in the umbiliferae family so they kind, which would be like the fennel, the anise, the um, celery seed, parsley seed, carrot seed. You could even add star anise to this, although I don't think that that is an um, umbell flower, I'm not sure. it does not grow around me, that's for sure. But all of these aromatic seeds are antispasmodic. They help to move gas and relieve bloating. Then there are your aromatic leaves that you could add. So we have um, mint, rosemary, thyme, basil, oregano, anise hyssop, catnip, anything basically in the mint family uh, that has a scent to it. So there are non-aromatic mints like motherwort, but motherwort unto itself is very bitter and could make a nice um, addition to a digestive bitter blend, especially if someone has nervous anxiousness that then makes for poor digestion. Then motherwort could be a really nice plant that you could put in your bitter blend or just to use as a bitter Okay, and then you want to, so we have our aromatics, the leaves or the seeds. And I would say just pick one to put in your formula. We have our bitters. Like I said, we had the roots and the bitter flowers. So you just pick one from that category, one from your aromatic category. And then we have sour, sweet, and aromatic citruses. So all of the following that I'll mention are nice sweet and sour note to add to bitters and they are all antispasmodic increase salivation and strengthen the appetite in general and when you're using these citrus peels ideally they are from organic fruit or are very very well washed so grapefruit peel lemon peel lime peel and orange peel and you definitely want to I mean, if you want the bitter part of the peel, that's the white part on the inside of the peel is quite bitter. And the outside of the peel has uh, the zest is sweet and aromatic. Um, So really just a tincture of the peel itself, the whole entire peel, the inside and the outside, um, could be a full bitters formula all by itself because you have the bitter and you have the sweet and you have the aromatic. (laughs) Or you could just add some pieces of peel, whether they're dried or fresh, to your blends. There are also some fun berries that you can work with to add into a bitter blend. Barberry, which I mentioned, um, which is slightly bitter, it also has some nice antioxidants and is a fun wild fruit. Uh, elderberry, which is sour and antiviral, but also has some antioxidants to it. You can find goji berry at your local health food store, probably, which is antioxidant and adaptogenic, or maybe even like acai berry, some of these like super fruits that maybe you have dried berries of that you can get at your local health food store juniper berry is a fun one um, that you can harvest from the wild right now and the juniper berries are interesting berries because they take two years to ripen so the first year the juniper berry is just green and then the second year it turns blue and you want to wait till for the second year for the blueberries but often on one And this I see mostly on the low creeping juniper, wild juniper bushes around here on the coast of Maine. There will be both the green first year berries and the blue second year berries on the bushes. So harvest those blueberries. And I think many of us know that juniper is juniper berries are one of the main flavoring constituents of gin. Um, or is the necessary flavoring constituent. And then a lot of uh, gins might have multiple different herbs added to them to flavor them, but the juniper berry is the main one. So juniper is anti-infective and uh, supports the kidneys in small amounts. Um, And then there's pomegranate seeds, which is a fun um, fruit that I think is also a nice like late fall fruit that you can find in your grocery stores. And you could add some pomegranate to your bitters blend to give it a nice red color. And that's also supportive for the prostate. You could give it to the the man in your life um, and is antioxidant and a sweet-sour. Nice sweet addition. Um, not a berry, but is reminding me of thinking of the pomegranate is hibiscus. You could add the hibiscus, um, calyxes that you get. They're called hibiscus flowers, but they're really the outside protection of the flower, the calyx. And that even like a little bit of that adds a really nice sour citrus, Flavor punch to it but also can turn a bitters like beautiful deep red color which could be really nice for the holidays you could do individual any of these one things individually could benefit digestion Um, but if you want to play around and have some fun with it and make a couple recipes you can um, tincture all any or all of these individually, and then blend them as you see fit. Or um, if you just really want to go for it, then you can blend them all in one jar and make a tincture of that blend, which is what we did in the workshop just for fun. Um, But you never really know what you're going to get, and you never really know if you can recreate it unless you take really, really good records. But that's okay. That's part of the fun of it too. Um, A couple fun little recipe ideas. Oh, and Shazandra berry to go in with the berries as well is a nice berry to add. And that's the five flavor fruit. Definitely has some bitter in it. Also some sour, some pungency, some salty, um, some sweet. It's just, it's got it all. It's all in one flavored fruit. So, a couple few ideas. What about a dandelion root, orange zest, and cardamom bitter formula? What about um, schizandra berry, cinnamon bark, which I also didn't mention, but that would be considered an aromatic um, spice. So, schizandra, cinnamon, and orange. Um What about an elderberry, burdock root, and cinnamon bitters? Lots of options. So I I, I don't know. Just play around with it. Have some fun. See what you already have, either in your backyard, in your spice cabinet, and in your fruit basket. That would be easy to work with. And take it from there. Now, th- you know, you might find some books on bitters that have some really complicated methods on how to make bitters. Like you have to take your, fr- your um, aromatic seeds and make a decoction with them and then take them all and put them in the really high proof alcohol. And I don't even know. There are some really complicated ways to make digestive bitters. Out there, but I honestly think the easiest way is just to make a tincture. And I already talked about you could do formulas or you could do simples and then blend the simples, or you could just work with dandelion root as your digestive bitter and just work with that. If you don't like tinctures, you could do a vinegar, you could do a bitter vinegar, you could do a dandelion root vinegar and put it on your salad as like a to make a nice bitter salad dressing or, or you could just put dandelion greens in your salad or just eat dandelion greens or a dandelion green pesto dandelion leaf pesto um, as a little side on your plate for a little bitters is just fine as well but I, I like the tinctures so how to make a tincture you take your jar a nice clean glass jar i like to use ball canning jars and i usually like relatively small ones so i don't want to make a whole quart of one bitter because what if i don't like it (laughs) or it takes a lot it takes a while to go through a quart unless you're making them as gifts but I like to take, um, you know, a relatively small ball jar. And then if you have all fresh plant material, you can fill it close to the very top of the jar. Sometimes if you're working with like all fresh roots and you fill your jar to the very tippy top with chopped fresh roots, and then you fill that with vodka, I find that In the end, when I pour it out and strain it out, I'm left with a very small amount of vodka, and the roots don't really give up the rest of the vodka very easily, unless I had a tincture press, which I don't, and it's very hard to press out chopped roots, I find, whether they were fresh or dry. So in that instance, I like to put a little bit less in so I can get a little bit more out of it. If you find that you do that and you don't get, you feel like there's still a lot of medicine and tincture within the roots after you've strained out your tincture, then you can uh, put the roots back in a jar and make a tincture tea with them, where you just take boiled water, boiling hot water, and pour it in to that jar that now just has the chopped roots that are. Um, That are basically marinated with the vodka. That's not the right word, but, um, you know, they still have a lot of vodka in them, but you've already strained out all the liquid vodka. You make a tincture tea, you pour the hot water over the roots and the hot water will help to draw out that vodka from within the roots. And it will still last a while because there's going to be quite a large percentage of alcohol in your tincture tea, but it's not going to definitely not going to last anywhere as long as a tincture does. So you can have it on your counter and sip on it and work with your bitter tincture tea so nothing goes to waste after you strained out your tincture. But otherwise, with you know the majority of fresh plant material, especially if you're working with fresh flowers or leaves, you want to chop everything up You can even grind the seeds in a mortar and pestle just to kind of release some of their aromatic oils. Fill the jar and then fill the jar again with 100 proof vodka, which is 50% alcohol and 50% water. And is an alcohol that will take on a lot of flavor from the plants because it doesn't already have a lot of flavor and is one of the easiest, if not the easiest alcohol for our liver and body to process and eliminate. So, you, and then, so we've filled the jar with our fresh plant material, and then we filled it again so that all of the plant material is covered with our hundred proof vodka. And then we're going to put a tight lid on it and we're going to let it sit for six weeks or longer. And then we'll either pour it off as needed or we'll strain it all out and then make a tincture tea with what's left with the, it's called the mast, which is left at the plant material that's left after you've strained it and squeezed it. And then the menstruum would be the liquid, the, the tincture or the vodka. So you can make a tincture tea with your mast and Use that first and then work with your tincture. So the first mention of a cocktail came in the early 1800s. And it was considered to be a blend of four ingredients. Liquor of some sort, sugar, water, and bitters. So bitters, when the word and the term and the concept of cocktail came into being, From my understanding, anyway, and the little research that I did in the early 1800s, they all included bitters. And at that point, bitters were considered medicinal. So today, bitters are used in a variety of cocktails, especially cocktails that are sweet and tangy to add balance to the drink, to the flavor of the drink. And complexity to the flavor so during Prohibition in the 20s many bitters in the 1920s which was now a hundred years ago uh, many bitter companies closed their doors and it seemed as if that ingredient the bitters the concept was nearly lost forever as the craft cocktail market has now grown bitters have made a big comeback so the renaissance physician and alchemist Paracelsus is generally considered to have created the first bitters so he pioneered the use of chemicals and and minerals in medicine and Paracelsus was thought to be uh, radical for his time he is considered to be the founder of toxicology, and he had great success in treating his patients with his botanical uh, slash alcohol concoctions. Many people followed Paracelsus um, concocting bitters after he did, um, and they were known for the medicinal purposes and, and were maybe considered elixirs or cure And at this point, the elixirs were sold in tiny hand-blown bottles with labels that expounded the many maladies that the bitter liquid found within could cure. It's funny, it almost reminds me of in the Echinacea podcast episode when we were talking about the patented medicines in the early, um, turn of the century here in the United States and people, the snake oils, the things that people were, the herbal remedies and other remedies that people were selling as cure all. So then in the early 1800s, in 1824, in Angostura, Venezuela, there was a German physician, Johann Siegert, who compounded The now world famous Ingostura bitters. He called his medicinal concoction Amargo Aromatico, which basically means aromatic bitters. Siegert was a staunch supporter of the South American freedom fighter Simon Bolivar. The bitters were widely used as a medical elixir by Bolivar's troops and later by sailors traveling in and out of Venezuela, who found them to cure seasickness. The sailors who traveled the world were the best advertisement for Siegert's elixir, the Ingostura bitters. By 1850, so a little close to 30 years later, Siegert formed the House of Ingostura, a company that began distributing the bitters throughout the world. An interesting fact is that the Angostura tree bark became the ingredient for many modern-day bitters, but is not actually part of the secret formula developed by Siegert. The origins of the term cocktail are disputed, but it became commonly used by the early 19th century. In 1806, the first published definition of cocktail appears in the balance and columbia depository quote the cocktail is a stimulating liquor composed of spirits of any kind sugar water and bitters so today now hopefully bitters will be a gateway into back into herbal medicine and back into understanding How beneficial herbs can be, and how much flavor and joy they can add not only to our food, but to our drinks, uh, whether they be cocktails or mocktails, um, or just to our daily herbal rituals. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you appreciate me too, I would love a five star rating and even a short review on if you're listening on like an apple podcast app i value your feedback i am grateful thank you so much you can even subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode you can find me with the tag solodago herb school on instagram facebook uh, my website where you can sign up for an informational and inspirational newsletter, which I will be getting back to sending out very soon, now that the gardens are winding down and the weather is cooling down and the days are getting shorter. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with Earth.